Hello and welcome back to the Replatform Podcast. Thanks again, as always, for tuning in. It's myself, James, and I'm joined once more by the uh, wonderful Paul Rogers. How are you, mate? I'm very well, thanks. How are you? Yeah, good. Each time I go to the introduction, I keep trying to come up with something more entertaining to introduce you with, and then you something that could be contentious. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You, used all, you used all the good ones early on. Yeah, I suddenly realised I might have to keep my uh, language uh, not too colourful. Um, so, uh, so yeah, we've got a, we've got another fun episode, haven't we, mate? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, very topical one as well. Indeed. So let's let me set a bit of a uh, bit of scene for our listeners before I, I do an intro to our guest today. So. You know, hot, hot off the press in the platform world is is Shopify's recent uh, announcement around um, open up its checkout and the the kind of increased API access and improving some of the like payment management stuff native within the platform, which has long been one of the challenges with Shopify and and uh, and a key thing for merchants to try and work out how they will do more complex payment um, setups. So, in light of this, and given the fact that subscription commerce has been such a growing area for the last few years, we decided we'd talk to the experts in this space. So, we're working on uh, board today, Recharge Payments. So, Recharge Payments, some of you will know, some of you may even have worked with and used their service, but they're, they're basically the go-to play- uh, payment platform for subscription commerce, uh, Shopify merchants. Um, I haven't worked on a few Shopify uh, projects. It is the number one um, subscription management service. It's typically where people go to when they're trying to manage a proper subscription service. They have a custom theme engine for managing recurring payments, and, and uh, Rob, our guest, will be able to explain much better than I how it, what it is and how it works. And what's interesting is it's how they've evolved rapidly in the last few years, and it's not just a subscription payment um, uh, in isolation. They built out quite a, a, a mature ecosystem now with integrations, you know, integrations such as Avalara from a, a, a um, tax management, signified fraud management platform. So really interesting ecosystem as well. So um, before I warble on too much, um, let me introduce you to Rob Barr, who heads up partnerships and growth at Recharge. Rob, welcome to the podcast. James, thanks, Paul. It's a pleasure to be on. Yeah, appreciate you taking the time. Um, so, yeah, before we start uh, bombarding you with annoying questions, um, would you give our listeners a, a, a bit of flavour for like, what you do, who you are, what you do at Recharge, but also look, where does Recharge sit in the market? What is its main purpose, really? Yeah, of course. So, yep, I'm Rob Barr. Um, I'm on our partnerships team over here at Recharge. Um, and Recharge is the leading platform for physical commerce subscription. You know, we power over 16,000 merchants across the globe, this is ranges from the top CPGs, PNG, Unilever, etc., but also leading the NVBs, you know, the uh, real bread and butter of Shopify right now. So Huel, Lola, Hubble Contacts, Soylent, etc. They're all building and growing with Recharge at the moment. Um, and we're really a developer-centric platform, and we're able to support the most complex and large-scale merchants out there. And that's through our APIs and webhooks and our deep integrations with the wider econ technology stack. Brilliant. Um, so I'll, I'll ask the first question. Um, so Shopify have obviously recently introduced a set of subscription APIs, which has been quite a widely talked about um, release. Um, can you just give us a bit of an overview on, on what this is, what it means, and kind of why you think Shopify introduced this? Yeah, I think, um, James, you, you put this well earlier, in that it's become a very hot topic recently, is, um, which we just benefited from. And I think with Shopify consistently having to rely upon third-party developers and agencies and having to rely upon that third-party checkout experience, it's kind of become an elephant in the room they've had to address. 
And so with the subscription APIs, uh, I think there's a lot of confusion about exactly what that what it means um, for a merchant. You know, some people believe it's Shopify releasing their own native subscription functionality. Um, and it's not. What it really is, is bringing a method of understanding a subscription internally to Shopify. So historically, Shopify has had no real concept of a recurring product or a subscriber. It's just been static, single-time transaction, and then static customers who may return have repeat purchase, but not in a understood automated fashion. So the domain logic of how subscriptions operate, that still relies upon vendors and tools like Recharge. So how and when a subscriber gets billed, how do they log in, swap, change, add on additional product, that's all still with Recharge. With the products, with the subscriptions API for, for Shopify, that's just really surfacing internally who subscribers are, what products have subscriptions offered on them, what products are they subscribed to, how customers paying for subscriptions, and then also servicing you know, subscription data in their analytics suite as well, rather than just single-time purchase. Okay, great. And um, oh. oh, sorry, Rob, carry on. <laughs> I was just going to say, and I think um, just to go a little bit further down that path, uh, a unified checkout, I think, has been the, the primary motivation here. Shopify, you know, historically has never been a fan of having third-party checkouts. You know, we never engineered Recharge to have uh, a third-party checkout uh, out, of, out of our own interest. It was really there because that was the only way for us to vault a card in a PCI-compliant fashion. Um, so with Shopify thinking more about sustainability, scalability, they want to have complete ownership of the entire transaction process, which is absolutely fine. You know, that's part of what they, they do and what they've been built upon. I think also ensuring that really seamless third-party tech coverage. You know, Shopify is an ecosystem, uh, as you mentioned earlier, James. And so I think with that, whenever you see a merchant or a, a customer experience, um, if they're using a third-party checkout whereby another app in the ecosystem just doesn't play friendly um, for whatever reason, and that disrupts that experience, makes it less seamless, you know, it's a frustration all around. So I think anything that Shopify is doing there to unify the experience, that's the end goal uh, of completely owning that checkout. Great. And, um, and I guess beyond uh, some of the kind of core benefits you just talked about around like, you know, vaulting and having to maintain a single checkout, um, what do you think some of the other kind of benefits are of having that kind of unified checkout and being able to stick to the native Shopify checkout rather than having to, um, you know, maintain uh, two checkouts? I think there's a multitude of uh, benefits here. I mean, primarily it's that seamless experience for the, the end customer, you know, they're all being passed out to a third-party checkout, which also then means you, you don't have that sort of gray area with redirects where things like Google Analytics might not cover. Um, you have consolidation of data either in a platform-wide recharge or in Shopify itself. Um, also handling a single you know, method of payment. So Shopify payments, it reduces that headache and all the admin from you know, accounts perspective handling two places where revenues captured, refunds are issued. Um, so I think just making everything a little bit simpler for everybody is a huge aspect here. And again, making sure that all parties in that ecosystem have uh, the same access to checkout. Also exposing things like Shopify scripts in the future, that'll be, that'll be huge. Um, so that, that's some of the key benefits that I see at least. And what does it mean that in terms of recharge and where, and where you'll be going, because obviously uh, historically, the process was that, that the checkout would be managed by recharge. You'll go through a recharge checkout, basically, if you had subscription products. So are you are you going to continue to onboard merchants onto the third-party checkout, or is that relationship going to be completely changing? 
So yeah, um, right now, as of uh, yeah, November 1st or 2nd, I forget which, um, any net new merchant to recharge is using or has to use Shopify's Unified Checkout using the Shopify subscriptions API. So we kind of have two worlds. We have our world of classic connector, as we're terming it, where any pre-existing merchant prior to uh, that cutoff still uses their own third-party checkout. Uh, anyone net new is using Shopify's uh, subscriptions API via recharge on our new connector. What I'll say that is different there, though, is that um, for other e-com platforms where those subscription APIs aren't available for obvious reasons, then we're still using that original third-party checkout, the recharge-owned one. Um, and we just see that being used by the majority of our cross-platform merchants. Uh, reason being, that it's just a very quick and easy and cheap way of deploying and launching subscriptions without having to build out a custom solution, a custom checkout, or integrating it into the existing one. Uh, but this is actually a good thing for those classic connectors on Shopify as well. Uh, there's been some concern about this from merchants that you know, we just turn off the taps. Uh, well, no, we're, we're going to continue to support that checkout uh, in its current state. We're also going to be uh, providing additional functionality as we go you know, across other vendors like Magento, BigCommerce, etc. Uh, as we develop out on those platforms, that original checkout will still benefit from that uh, uh, additional uh, work from our development and product team. And how, what, what's the impact on customers? And uh, you know, in terms of customers moving over, you know, what is it? Is it a smooth process, or are you having fun with that at the moment? Uh, it's early release, so right now we're being incredibly mindful of who we get onto the recharge platform. We want to ensure they have the most um, robust and positive experience with both recharge and Shopify. And so with that, we're not just opening the floodgates. We're taking in a very closely vetted cohort of merchants. So right now, if you uh, go to sign up for Recharge, you'll be taken through an onboarding process whereby you'll have a call uh, directly with one of our team. And that call will be just to get an understanding of, you know, are you a migration? What is the complexity of the subscription plans? You know, we're not trying to run before we walk. So we're trying to find those sort of more vanilla, I guess, um, uses of Recharge or subscription just so we can kind of get the training wheels there. And then as you move into Q1, really take those off, open those floodgates and get back to that self-serve model we had uh, kind of up until this point. Okay. And um, I'd imagine a big part of the motivation for Shopify behind this move was probably putting more transactions through Shopify payments. Um, do you think that'll be a big thing for merchants in particular, uh, being able to use a single payment provider? Yeah, I mean, again, it's part of that general consolidation we see over at Shopify just to cover all core domain functionality in e-com. Um, I think, yeah, merchants will ultimately benefit. I mean, there's the admin stuff I touched on uh, just earlier there, but also just benefiting from the economies of scale. Um, and this is the overarching roadmap there. Shopify is moving into multiple new geos. And so with that, we see new payment methodologies appearing. And so just being aware that Shopify will be proactively working on ensuring good coverage in those states, I think will ensure that the merchants who expand out there, either as net new merchants in those geos or as ones who expand uh, from their home geo, they'll be able to kind of benefit from those new methodologies like bank-to-bank -bank transfers, ideal, safer, et cetera. Um, I think also having consolidation of all of your transactions in a single space, there's a benefit there. I mean, if you're looking to get better rates from Shopify payments, the more volume you're pushing through, the better rates you're probably able to negotiate. If you have your subscription revenue going through one PSP and your one-time purchase is going through Shopify payments, 
that visibility around the actual volume of you as a merchant uh, just isn't isn't clear. Um, and, and have you seen a lot of interest, I guess, from existing recharge uh, users around this new functionality? And also, what do you think this means? Because, I mean, a lot of people that I've worked with um, using recharge and other subscription providers would use Braintree and Stripe and would have really kind of preferential rates, I guess. Um, do you think this will be a frustration um, with um, people using Shopify? I mean, potentially. Um, I mean, in terms of the ability to leverage different payment uh, services. Um, I think Shopify already on the one-time purchases has made that a little bit uh, more difficult with the inclusion of those uh, those additional fees. Um, so there's not really much as a, a third-party vendor a recharge we can do about that. You know, Shopify until they release support for additional payment methods and PSPs through those subscription APIs, uh, we're kind of hands are tied. Uh, so I think there may be some frustration there, but Shopify may work through it. Um, in terms of the levels of interest, it's been very high. You know, we've got a lot of merchants who, um, and again, we, we never engineered recharge with the intent to have third-party checkout. It just was a necessity uh, and has led to pain points that we've continually tried to address around things like you know, data uh, parity. Um, so any merchant who's been with us for a while pushed significant volume through, you know, sort of seeing those challenges. Um, and so they're the ones that come into the door saying, oh, let's definitely try out the, the new unified checkout. Um, obviously, you know, we're here to really support and maintain the status quo in terms of business as usual for those merchants. We don't want to put them in any point of jeopardy or potentially damage that business. And so with that, yeah, we're, we're definitely kind of holding off. We're going through the more simple vanilla launches of, of subscription, figuring out where the edge cases are. And then when we're 110% comfortable at that point, we'll start talking about pre-existing merchants. And in terms of the like token migration, because one of the challenges for e-commerce teams generally when they're like if they're changing any payment uh, provision and gateway, is worrying about tokenized details and whether they can be migrated easily. How is that? How is that process? I mean, is it going to be? Is, is it simple at the moment, or is there work still to be done to make that a smoother process for for merchants? So, and just to clarify, James, this is a conversation around migrating existing classic connector recharge onto the new connector and yes. using Shopify payments. Yeah. So currently that's not feasible. Um, we're actively working with Shopify on what a migration processor would look like uh, in terms of getting those tokens out of a Stripe, Braintree, Authorize.net, whatever it might be in Shopify payments. So I don't have an answer for you right now. Um, as we work with Shopify, hopefully into next year, we'll give you a better sense of the flow and, and anything to be aware of there. Okay, cool. Thanks. Um, and on, no, uh, or at least I, I'm aware that you're actually working on integrations for other platforms like BigCommerce and Magento. Uh, whereabouts uh, recharge currently with these? Uh, is this something we can expect imminently? And um, I guess answer that that bit first. Then we will also be keen to understand uh, what the where this focus on these two has come from. Like, is it just because you get loads of demands from those two platform merchants on those platforms? Yeah, I mean, so to your question, we're in a fantastic position. Um, we saw a big influx of requests and interest, particularly around big commerce after we announced that during our ChargeX conference in October. Um, so with big commerce itself, uh, we aren't public on the app store right there just yet, uh, but we do have a couple of live merchants already. Um, one is First Aid Beauty, which is a PNG brand. We work with them very closely uh, on the Shopify world. They have a few brands on different platforms. And so that was a good opportunity for us to take the experiences we have with them on the Shopify platform and, and replicate those over with, with, with commerce. Um, 
we see it as a very underserved market with subscriptions currently. And so, yeah, a lot of pre-existing big commerce merchants are coming to the table. Um, maybe they've tried recurring billing in the past. It hasn't been a good experience. Um, or they have a custom-built legacy solution right now. Uh, and they're all actively looking to leverage us as a platform and as a more of a SaaS. Um, from a Magento perspective, we haven't got a merchant live just yet. Uh, there's one imminent, which uh, Paul, you, you know about from our private conversations. Um, and we have a few more on the roster. I'd say also with Magento, this is where we may be moving away from having that direct connector uh, and really coming back to what we do best, which is our developer-centric APIs, webhooks, and really making ourselves far more available um, as a microservice. So the idea of Mac, Jamstack, Headless, PDBA, um, being the, the rising wave at the moment with us as an API, the ability to connect into any platform, irrespective uh, of any official connector, that's a goal we're trying to get to. And um, you know, right now we're able to work with the majority of, of e-com platforms, provided you have a development team willing to work with our APIs and build out some custom middleware. Great. And um, I think that's all like really exciting. And in terms of the kind of big commerce and Magento integrations, given that those two platforms are a bit more open and don't have the same limitations that you faced with Shopify historically, um, will you still have the kind of third party checkout route to market or will, it, um, or will you just use kind of native checkout integrations? So there's sort of three approaches here. Um, as I sort of mentioned earlier, we're definitely keeping the third-party recharge hosted checkout in place. Reason being, it's it's built, it works, it works very well. Um, we can just turn it on for any merchant, and so anyone who's looking to move quickly wants to reduce scope of work um, and just get the project you know, ticked off and done. Um, then yeah, recharge checkout is readily available. All you need to do is just use our JavaScript to pass that put customer through to our checkout as part of the, the purchase flow. Um, to answer the second part of your question, yeah, we're, we're kind of looking at both both sides of it. We're open to working with Magento Checkout, so for a couple of the new launches, we are going to be part of that checkout. Same with Big Commerce, or alternatively, we have our checkout API, and so you could even have your own completely custom checkout environment that you self-host, and then simply after that purchase has been made, programmatically update recharge, create that subscriber, create that logic in the recharge platform, and then, and then we'll handle everything kind of post checkout from there. And in terms of um, the, the the core platform and what's been happening uh, you know, recently and, and what's going to be going forward, I understand that you've released a new theme engine and new PA f API features. Before we talk about like, what's coming next, could you just give people an up, uh, you know, a bit of an overview of what, what's happened to the theme engine uh, and with the APIs and what are the benefits to merchants? Yeah, so I mean, with Theme Engine in particular, this was um, our response to seeing the incredible work all the developers were doing on our API to customize and make really on-brand, really intuitive custom subscriber experiences. And that is the end subscriber when they log into the storefront to say, you know what, um, I'm going on holiday next week. I want to skip my cat food delivery. Or, you know what, I just got a new cat. I want to add on more products um, or change my billing shipping address. Um, so... Historically, we've had our own out-of-the-box sort of MVP portal, which is functional. Uh, it wasn't the prettiest of things. And so we saw a lot of developers just using our APIs and rebuilding it themselves. Um, obviously, there's an inherent amount of uh, cost and time to do that. And so Theme Engine is kind of us meeting these developers in, in the middle. Uh, we're giving all that core domain functionality around skip, expedite, swap, add-on products, either as a one-time purchase or as a recurring. 
um, and offering it in a more of a, an environment that's similar to the theming you'd see on Shopify, just to customize and change that look and feel without having to go through and host and build off our APIs from scratch. Um, so yeah, that answers your question, James. Yes, it does. Thanks very much. Uh, um, Paul, I think you wanted to, to uh, touch on the uh, roadmap as well, didn't you? Yeah, sure. So um, I guess so my next question is on the roadmap. So this, and I guess it's still roadmap related, um, but this question. So obviously you've been working away on kind of integration through different platforms um, and the new kind of theme engine and various kind of API uh, features. Um, is there anything else you've been working on beyond that, I guess, within the core product? Um, and maybe also any other kind of integrations with third parties? Because I know that's another thing that's um, always been a big selling point for Recharge in terms of the ecosystem. Yeah, absolutely. So um, in terms of what a lot of our focus has been on, uh, it's kind of squeezed into Shopify. You don't always see it as a, as a merchant or a, a user of Recharge. It's things like scalability, stability. You know, we, um, we're in an environment where you know 99.99% uptime is absolutely critical, uh, particularly as you see seasons like BFCM and how Shopify positions themselves you know, as the platform that does not go down. So we're in the same boat. You know, we have 16,000 merchants pushing through Know, literally billions of dollars a year to the platform. We need to make sure that continues and persists, uh, not only right now, but consists, consistently happens next year, two years, three years, time from now. So we're investing heavily into our um, general architecture, our operations, and also security as well. You know, we're, we're very mindful that we're in a very sensitive part of the consumer brand experience. You know, they're vaulting card details with the brand. We want to be very mindful of that. Um, so your point around integrations, yeah, we've been doubling down on a few where we've seen exceptional uptick in co-usage. Uh, one of these in the Shopify world has been Clavio. Um, so what we've done there is introduced quick actions. Essentially, we see the more engaged a subscriber is with the, the portal or the brand in general. You know, if they're logging in, skipping, swapping, adding on products, we see a huge uplift in their average order value, the ultimate lifetime value of that customer. You know, it can be up to 50% uplift in transaction volume if someone is engaged versus someone who is not. Um, you know, we see uplift in retention, it's up to 15% if they engage versus they're not. And so with that, we thought Portal's fantastic, we opened up theme engine to make that even more accessible and on brand. But how do we reduce the friction even further? And if brands are using tools like Clavio to communicate with their customers and subscribers, how do we embed those actions and make them accessible? And so now we can surface a number of things like adding on additional product, swapping out a product from one SKU to another, skipping an upcoming charge, and actually have those as single clickable actions embedded in Clavio emails. So that's been a huge thing we've been working on and, and released, released recently. Um, also analytics. Again, we're working with increasingly mature merchants who have far different expectations of anal analytics and data than you know we saw four, five, six years ago. And so with that, we've been doubling down on that analytics team. We've got a fantastic set of uh, data engineers working there. And so we've brought in, for example, Shopify one-time purchase data into that environment. Um, we've been scaling out a ton of things like media attribution. So understanding as a brand, if you're investing dollars and pounds into campaigns, what is the end result from a subscription standpoint? Do you see any impacts around bringing hero products into the, into the play? Um, where should you be directing your old, you know, media spend there? Also looking at cohort analysis, understanding there really in depth um, where customers drop off, where do they 
maintain and retain that relationship, understanding those actions. So if people are working and operating in the, the theme engine or using our API, for example, to come carry a function like a skip elsewhere, how many of those actions are happening? Where are they happening? Bring, we bring that to the forefront as well. So really just supercharging the visibility a brand has into the performance of their subscriptions um, and also indexing against other brands anonymized in similar verticals. You know, are they over under indexing? Uh, how is their performance as part of a, a wider cohort as a brand? And I've got a, um, I've got a nice edge case scenario for you. And I remember this, this, this has come up um, in the past for a few clients, predominantly in the charity space where direct debit is still quite a strong driver of, of revenue, subscription revenue for them, especially around um, donations. Um, and their audiences are a bit slower to, to get onto the recurrent subscription via card mechanisms. How What's the current status with, with recharge and consolidated baskets where you have a direct debit um, purchase plus a normal transactional product? Um, is, is that currently supported natively or is it still too much of an edge case? Uh, so I'm going to have two answers for you, for you here. Um, one is that, yeah, we are working on introducing direct debit, um, just exactly on that merchant demand in both the UK. We're also seeing, as we expand further into Europe, just requests around, you know, SAPER, so forth, all those other bank-to-bank transfer methodologies. So we are actively working on it. We have got a couple of merchants in a pilot currently. Uh, so it's not public release, but if you're interested, please do get in contact with myself or the team. Um, the caveat to that is that it's that's all built around our our own check-in environment whereby we can connect with a PSP of our choice. Um, when we look at the subscription API to Shopify, obviously it's Shopify payments only and currently only supports credit card as a payment method. So um, there we'll just have to sort of wait to see what Shopify introduces and releases in that respect. But yeah, um, direct debit, if you're on Classic Connector or using recharges, third-party checkout elsewhere, uh, get in touch and we can get you onto a pilot. Well, try and get you onto a pilot list depending upon a few questions we'll ask. Okay, cool. I appreciate that. I know it is an edge case, but I love edge cases. They make things more interesting. <laughs> they do indeed. Uh, brilliant. And then my final question, which is kind of, um, I guess, a bit of an extension of um, a few of the last questions is, is there anything else beyond what we've talked about so far on the episode that's coming in 2021 from Recharge? Yeah, I mean, I can't share too much at the moment. Um but we are really doubling down um, on that subscription and transaction management toolkit for the end subscriber. So the Clavio quick actions I referred to there that kind of uh, are currently delivered via email, we're looking into how to expand those, just reducing that friction on the subscriber to have more interactions with you as a brand and maintain that active subscription. Um, we're going to be easing the ease and speed of deployment for any PWA merchants out there. So you know, as we go through this process of understanding um, what tools we need to couple with, what other microservices are typically or commonly used. We're just trying to make sure that we're as plug and players as can be there. Um, outside of the product side of things, you know, we're really going to be putting, well, we are putting in a lot of investment into our partner and developer support. Um, that's not only just adding in additional team members to answer tickets, get on calls, but really producing best-in-class documentation, the support, um, you know, things like code samples, you know, we see developers as our forever customer. And so we're just out there to try and make their lives as easy as possible and make recharge the de facto choice. So there'll be exciting stuff coming that way. Uh, we just brought on board Lindy Cray, um, Klarna to kind of really take on 
that operations and really kind of supercharge that team. So I'm very excited to see how she builds up the team into the next year. Uh, and then as we've kind of just touched on, you know, looking at additional payment methods as our merchant base expands globally, we want to ensure that we are the correct partner for them wherever they go. And so with that, if we're seeing people launch, let's say in um, Netherlands, then looking at how we provide more support for the likes of Ideal in that locality. So these are all things we're exploring and working with our merchants on. Excellent. That sounds like it's going to be uh, be a busy uh, busy 2021 as well. Nothing's ever quiet, is it? It's not, no. <laughs> Excellent. Um, well, that's covered all the questions. I want to get Paul, is there anything else that you wanted to go through with Rob? I don't think so. I think, yeah, it's covered, um, yeah, everything that we wanted to talk about in a lot of detail, I guess. Yeah, it's really interesting to see yeah, what's happening with Shopify, but also what you're doing with the other platforms. Um, so, yeah, I don't think I've got any other questions. No, that's brilliant. I really appreciate you coming on, Rob. And it's, yeah, you, the subscription commerce space is such an interesting one to be in at the moment. And I think, it, you know, what's happened this year is, has even accelerated it even further. It was already growing pretty well. And I think a lot of merchants who haven't typically seen themselves as a subscription business have realised that there's opportunities to test the waters for certain products on recurring payment mechanisms. So I'm going to be intrigued to see, see what the market trends are and, and the growth trends next year. So I appreciate you taking the time to, to share the insights on Recharge. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's, there's a ton of also there to talk about. I mean, I'm literally right now looking at a, a Cycle London spin, spin bike that hit my living room that was uh, delivered back in, in May. As They basically just created a, a Peloton competitor in a matter of three weeks. Um, so, yeah, Rob, thanks for coming on uh, and for sharing some insights around recharge and the subscription payment um, yeah, kind of uh, market and also what's happening with Shopify checkout. If people want to learn more or they've got specific business cases around recurring payments, they want to explore how, how recharge would, would help them. What's the best way to reach out? Uh, you can contact me directly. I'm rob at rechargepayments.com. Um, or if you'd prefer... You, know, you can hit up our team directly through our marketing site as a contact us form there or alternatively sales at rechargepayments.com. That'll go into our inbox and be directed off to the appropriate solutions consultant uh, on our side. Wonderful. Um, so thanks as always to everybody for listening in. We hope you found this an interesting episode. And as, as always, any questions or want to carry on the discussion on this topic, please please do uh, reach out to myself and Paul. We're always happy to, to keep talking. Um, wonderful. Have a good day, everybody. <laughs>